Today on a chilling episode of Real Ghost Stories that seven out of eight dermatologists agree will dramatically rejuvenate your skin and make you look 10 years younger. When a woman begins to spend the night at her new boyfriend's house, she quickly realizes that she is not the only female present. The strange noises, smells, and even physical touch begin to make her regret ever agreeing to spend the night. That story and much more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That indeed it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. To share your real ghost stories with us, of course, you can also uh, write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you really like the show, want to keep us on the air, get access to all the bonus material, uh, bonus episodes, it is all there at ghostpodcast.com. You can uh, sign up through the website or Patreon. The link is there as well at ghostpodcast.com. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, all ad-free. And it's always updated every single week with brand new exclusive content and exclusive episodes for you. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Todd with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? I'm not sure exactly when the mics are live on this podcast, but when uh, Robert Stack started his little spiel and went through the (laughs) dermatologists and all that kind of stuff. I literally, and I don't do this when I laugh, but I literally snorted really loud. <laughs> I, I could hear and it. Thought, <laughs> <laughs> well, great. <laughs> I was hoping for a spit take because those are the best. But uh, it was pretty close. It well, was pretty close. <laughs> I had somebody uh, email me the other day that they they did do a spit take in their car with one of them that he had the other week. Um, I forget which one it was. But he, I, I like this. When I, when I create that and I write the intro, I just, I don't even have anything in my mind. I'm just like, I'm grabbing words and I'm putting them together. And somehow Robert Stack is going to make this into a sentence. And well, for some, somehow you've come, you've come up with like the way that they wrote that show. I mean, you figured out mm-hmm. the way they wrote those intro promos because it's perfect. Yeah. The, you know, there's commas in odd places sometimes, but on, I, I got to say, I think Robert has been getting better over the year uh, too. Uh, I, I just think there's, I don't know if it does something where it, um, it, it like works with the smoothness of the voice and kind of like teaches itself how to do better. Maybe yeah. we're actually bringing Robert back. Maybe it's going to be a sentient Robert stack. Like that guy that got fired from Google said they created an AI that was becoming sentient and, uh, it like had its own thing. Maybe we can do that with, uh, with old Rob. How, uh, freaked out does that make you feel? It's weird. Um, I mean, ultimately you say, well, you know, pull the plug or something, but what is that? What, I mean, what is it when an AI can develop those sort of things? I mean, that's amazing what it can do, but I mean, is it something, is that a true consciousness or is that just, you know, an algorithm that's really, really accurate to what we would expect or consider um, competent? And then the question becomes, are we just nothing but algorithms from stuff that we've learned and basically taken in and processed over the years? I mean, is it basically the same thing? Oh, I think we're algorithms totally. I mean, that's why we do the same shit over and over. 
with with you know not with the greatest consequences uh and and that's why we also do other things that do have the good consequences it uh, there's just it, it's all programming to a certain extent but i guess one computer is you know mush in this fleshy thing and the other is a board i don't know basically and i think maybe then what will end up happening because we we don't have the ability to stay strong with the things that we learn and, and go forward with it <clears throat> i think that the uh, the robots will take over the world at some point and uh and i don't want to be around for it yeah i mean it's pretty scary what you know you can do i mean just the idea of i mean the stuff that we have like drones and shit uh it's amazing, you know, what can be done, where they can go and and really the potential for what they can do for bad. Um, I, I'm still trying to find the I have literally Walmart drones that fly over here all the time and they're just carrying like small boxes. And I, I'm and it's usually from the grocery store. And I'm like, you know, is this can't be profitable yet, you know, to to be flying a thing of pledge across, uh, you know, fields and landing in someone's yard and then going back to the store. I mean, it's taking someone to actually pilot that pledge machine. Um, is it? Do they have pilots or did they just basically punch in the coordinates and, and hit a button? There is a pilot. And right now the law here is the tower that they erect in their parking lot uh, has to be it has to be in line of sight where they're going to. So you're kind of limited. You're talking a mile or two is really what you're talking realistically. Interesting. So but I'm around here. Every Walmart is getting like a little airport in their parking lot. It's weird. Thought it is weird. Airport in the parking lot, and their clothes smell like fried chicken because of their deli. I mean, that's how it works out. Who doesn't love that? You get an uh, air show, and you smell like fried chicken the rest of the week. <laughs> Where you've been watching planes at the Walmart? They're flying yeah. out. Uh, I saw someone's thing of Depends fell out the other day. Got up in the air and rained, and all of a sudden, boo! It was raining Depends. I smelled Hang my on a second. Hang on a second while I lick my fingers. I grabbed a bunch of them, shoved them under my shirt, and I got them at home now. I got, yeah, and uh, this chicken, it is damn good. Damn good. I like to suck the buttons. They get the crispies on them. <laughs> I like to suck the buttons. They get the crispies on them. <laughs> uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us, and we'd love to hear them. Uh, let's go to this first uh, letter. It says, I've had a lot of experiences, but I'll talk about uh, the ones that have stuck out to me. So I've had sleep paralysis my whole life from what I remember as a child. I did not have it more than a few times till I was a teenager. Once I was about 18, I started having it often and finally realized what it was. I started having it every single night for months, and it comes and goes like that ever since. I never started having any paranormal experiences outside of the sleep paralysis until just three years ago when I met my new boyfriend. But I've always seen specific things during my sleep paralysis, which has led me to start to believe the things in sleep paralysis may be more than what people say, just a theory. But at my parents, I always saw a little boy during my sleep paralysis. Even when they moved to other houses, it was always... The same little boy, and at my boyfriend's, I always have seen a woman in and out of sleep paralysis. When I first met my boyfriend, he told me his previous girlfriends have heard this woman in the kitchen at night. Whenever I started staying over with him, I heard things every night, footsteps, tapping, knocking, things getting slammed. 
some talking and whispering and even a woman screaming angrily one time. After a few months of this, I started having my sleep paralysis often again. At one time, I had a dream of me older than I am now with a little girl lying in bed like she was my daughter. We feared something. I was trying to protect her. And when I wake up in my sleep paralysis state, the same woman I've heard in the house before was cuddled up against me, holding me the way I was holding the little girl in the dream. At the time, I was lying in bed facing the wall and awake, and I felt my boyfriend's little chihuahua jump up at the foot of the bed and walk up to the head of it behind me like she usually does to go get under the blanket. I thought it was weird because I did not hear her little claws on the floor walking back to the room like usual. I turned over to help her under, and she was not there. There was nothing. She'd been asleep in the living room. Another time I woke up in the middle of the night with sleep paralysis. Nothing of importance happened during, although I stayed awake for a while. After I got up out of it and I saw a black figure standing at the end of the bed against the wall. I stared for a minute, not being able to make anything out, and when I blinked, it was gone. Another night I woke up in the middle of the night and looked across the room and saw a white figure standing in front of our very tall dresser. Just the same height as the dresser, and it would not go away. I kept blinking and rubbing my eyes, trying to convince myself it was something hanging off the top of the dresser. It stayed for what I think was like two hours. I kept trying to keep my eyes closed and go back to sleep, but something made me feel like I had to keep looking at it. I eventually did fall back asleep. I woke up a while later and got up to use the bathroom, not remembering what happened before, until I was up walking by the dresser when I realized what had happened before and there was nothing at the dresser anymore. I hear trivial things at my time of day and see things out of the corner of my eye all the time, but most of the time I try to ignore it. One time home alone in the middle of the day, sitting on the couch, something shoved the back of the couch so hard it made me jerk forward like something directly shoved my back. I do not know why I never saw anything outside of my sleep paralysis up until I met my boyfriend. The paranormal experiences and sleep paralysis comes in waves, always at the same time. I will not have it or see anything for months, and once I have sleep paralysis again, it starts a cycle of it again for months. I've not seen or heard anything very scary lately, just weird small things that have been happening lately ever since we got our new dog. She's kennel training, and one night I was asleep in bed, and my boyfriend usually puts her to bed since he stays up later than me. I woke up in the middle of the night to him in bed with me asleep, and what I saw was our new dog and the bed lying in between us. It's hard to mistake her for she's very big. For a six-month-old, I thought, oh, well, she can sleep in bed with us and went back to sleep. Then I woke up again later in the night and she was not in the bed with us. I asked my boyfriend the next day and she had been locked in her kennel all night. Another night around the same time, she was already locked in her kennel for the night. And from our bed, I heard what sounded like her getting out of the kennel and running around the living room. She'd done it before and it sounded exactly the same. So I get up, walk to the living room. She was still locked up in her kennel. I just stood there for a minute, so confused. I turned around and started to walk back to bed when I stepped in a big wet spot on the rug as if she had been out and peed. I could not tell what the wet spot was, but she had never been out to pee there since she was put up for bed. It was very freaky, but brush it off like everything else. I've experienced and went back to bed. And there's been multiple times the front door locks and unlocks on its own. One night, my boyfriend took our dog to the potty after I was already in bed, and I woke up to him banging on the bedroom window because he was somehow locked out. 
And just a couple of days later, I was home alone and took our dog out to potty. And as I walked back inside, I shut the door behind me and turned around to see that the dog locked right after I walked in, or the door locked right after I walked in. It was unlocked just a couple of seconds before. I'm not sure if these recent weird experiences are the start of another long cycle of things paranormal. There's a lot to get in one story. If I think of any more stories, I'll send more in. Just starting listening to the podcast a few weeks ago, and I've really, really loved it. I've listened to so many. I hope to hear mine on there soon. Well, I have a theory on this okay. that may not be paranormal. I think her uh, her boyfriend has a secret lover that is in the house, but the secret lover uh, cosplays like a dog or whatever that's called when people like have this thing with animals. And, and that secret lover was in bed one night and the secret lover runs around the house like a dog. And that's why the door is getting unlocked and locked. Uh, a very secretive uh, animal uh, friend that your boyfriend has. But make no doubt about it. There's a secret lover there that likes to behave like a dog. I'm in the process right now of writing a prescription for you. Uh, <laughs> can get that fixed. Uh, so, yeah, probably not that. But uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean... People talk about sleep paralysis all the time, and a lot of people say, well, it, it has nothing to do with paranormal. It's it's something separate, blah, blah, blah. Nothing's really going on. But it sounds like in this case, it is going on in conjunction with something paranormal. And I again, yeah. I just wonder if one feeds the other a little bit. I would think, I mean, maybe, is that how you kind of get really uh, active places where it is kind of like a circle? It's a cycle there where one feeds the other. And that's just kind of what continues to amp it up as long as it's there. Yeah, and 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 I think that you see locations where just all this horrible stuff has happened mm -hmm. over like a period of, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. And I think what happens in these locations is something bad creates some bad energy, which then creates more bad energy and just more and more bad things kind of happen. I think that's what's happening in a lot of the uh, houses that are available to rent for paranormal investigations. Mm. because I, I talked to a lot of investigators on the grave talks and this seems to kind of be a resounding theme where they're going back to some of these locations and I've been talking to these people since these, this stuff kind of started when people started buying up these haunted properties and then letting people wander around them uh, and investigate them uh, and in many ways it's great because it preserves these properties which otherwise would be destroyed so I like it for that but I, I also think with so many people going in and doing the same sort of shit uh, or some going a little too far without, you know, beyond the bounds of what somebody would want done on their property uh, for trying to communicate. I think you just create these portals that are just filled with stuff. The, the main consensus I've been hearing is when they visited or revisited, rather, some of the places that they hadn't been to in a long time. And a lot of people have been coming and going that they're much stronger than ever before, but a lot of times not the same sort of spirits they believe were there the first time. And I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm really kind of curious how this experiment ends uh, because there's so many of these places and I'm wondering, you're just going to get so much shit riled up. These places are just going to start going up in flames or what? I don't know. And there's no way to do a background check on the people coming through to do the investigations. So you really don't know what they're up to or what they bring with them or what they might be dropping off. Yeah. And, you know, you know, we I used to hear stories about how uh, the guy from uh, the Amityville Horror House, the guy that owned it, that, you know, George, the Lutz, yeah, George, George Lutz, Lutz yeah. that maybe he had something to do with everything going on there because he opened yeah. doors and, you know, he 
kind of got into some of that stuff. Same thing. I mean, if yeah. you get the wrong people in the wrong situation, you're just creating more issues. If you uh, the documentary that talks about that is called My Amityville Horror, and it's Daniel Lutz, one of his uh, stepsons, that sits down and talks in depth about uh, what he believed his stepfather George Lutz did. He's a very uh, or, uh, Daniel's an interesting character. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of moments there where it's he, he says something that's very compelling and then it's hard to take him his credibility seriously because he kind of goes off the rails a bit um but I, I don't know i mean i that house obviously affected him uh the way that he is today uh chris is the other brother who has spoken at various things on and off um and and he said it. i don't know how much he's gone into depth about what uh what went on from what I understand, uh, anytime I see things that he's spoken about, he always kind of leaves you hanging. <laughs> like, I will reveal it someday. It's like, well, you better fucking do it before something happens, you know? <laughs> right. Like, well, that and before you're gone and can't reveal yeah, it. Well, that's you know? what I mean. It's like, yeah, before you, you know, get in a car rack or something, you know, it's it, it, I don't know. It almost I don't know. It, it feels a little I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. I Because I, I've, he's he's confirmed multiple interviews with me over the years and backed out of all of them um but i know he speaks at certain things so i don't know i don't i don't have a good feel for him either way it's just kind of like it's like what's your deal it's my question yeah. really but um anyway uh a, a very interesting stuff with a lot of questions left unanswered let's go to a call a phone number of course if you want to call anytime 24 7 855-853-4802 hi Hello, this is my first time calling, but I've been listening to you all for a long time. Um, I have active tenuitis of the ear, and I found that listening to a podcast helped me go to sleep to distract me from that ringing in the ears. And you all are someone who I listen to every night, so thank you for that. My story took place about 10, 12 years ago. There was a group of us that used to go once a season on a long weekend and we would try to go somewhere different each season, maybe someplace we could go bike riding or someplace we could go exploring. Um, in the summer, we'd go to the beach, and it was a great time. It was four lovely couples, all who were very, very nice. One year, we decided to go in a place in, in Virginia, in the mountains, on a place where you can ride your bikes down from a very high mountain. They would shuttle you up and you could come down. We stayed in a bed and breakfast that was over a hundred years old. It was a lovely home. When you walked in the foyer, there was a staircase that went straight up and then it turned and had a landing. Then it went up again. And at the top, there were four extremely large bedrooms and a very big hallway that circled the staircase railing. Those were the only bedrooms that were rented out for the bed and breakfast. There were four couples, so we each had a bedroom. Sadly, the morning of the bike ride, I was very ill. And thankfully, one of our couples is a doctor, so he prescribed me an antibiotic and said, you're probably getting the beginnings of a sinus, sinus infection, so I probably ought to take this and, and go to bed. It was also drizzling outside, kind of raining, but not. So the other couples went on the bike ride anyway and left me alone at the bed and breakfast to rest. And hopefully that night we could all go to dinner. So I snuggled down in the bed. This house had a tin roof. So the rain coming down on the roof 
actually was very comforting and very peaceful. And I had the TV on quietly so I could watch it. And I took my meds and tried to go to sleep. Didn't feel extremely well at the time, was running a low-grade fever. After a while, I heard some footsteps come up the stairs very distinctly across the landing and up the last set of steps, which stopped right at our bedroom door. We were the first bedroom door when you came up off the staircase. So I heard the steps come up. Sorry about my dogs. And I thought, oh, this must be the innkeeper checking on me. So I cut the TV down, thinking that he was going to tap on the door and ask me if I was okay. But nothing happened. So I put on my robe. I walked to the door. I opened the door. I looked around. There was no one up there. So I proceeded to go to each room because I heard the steps, and I heard someone stop, and I thought, where did they go? I called out. No one answered. And I thought, okay, whatever. Didn't feel good, so I went back to the bedroom, closed my door, cut the TV back on again, and raised the volume, and snuggled back down in the bed and fell asleep. Again, I woke up to the sound of heavy steps coming up the stairs, across the landing, up the next set of stairs, and they stopped right at my door. I thought, okay, I know this is the innkeeper. He's checking on me because he knew I'm here. He knows I'm here and I'm sick. So I cut the TV volume down again. I said, hello, I'm fine. Thank you for checking on me. There was no response. I thought, this is so odd. So I went back to the door. I cracked it open and looked out. Again, there was no one. I thought, this is so strange. So I looked around to all the rooms, how you know, shouted out, hello, hello, and no one answered. And I thought, okay, it's just creaky for us, I guess. So this time I went and decided to take a hot bath because I thought maybe that would help me feel better. It was getting later. Everybody will be coming home, and hopefully we can go out to eat, and I'll feel better. Not that I was feeling that great, but I felt like it was getting better. So I drew a tub. I soaked in the tub for a while, and as I was getting out, I heard the footsteps coming up the steps, across the landing, up the last set of steps, and they stopped at the door. So I quickly threw on a robe. I thought, oh, I bet they're back because it's getting late. I bet they're all back from the ride, and I need to get some clothes on. So I threw some stuff on and went to the door, and I said, hey, is everybody here? And no answer. I know I heard these steps so I walked around to all the doors and looked in nobody was there I called downstairs no one answered I thought okay I don't know what that was but oh well so I came back in and I went on and got dressed knowing that they had to be getting home soon and sure enough everybody came in about an hour later and they were all so excited about the bike ride and what they did and they wanted to know how it was I didn't even think any more about the footsteps I just forgot about it so we went out to eat that night I didn't feel great but I went anyway kind of stopped up you know how it is and when I got home I couldn't wait to go to bed and so we did and I was so tired the next morning the innkeeper fixed us this tremendous breakfast and he was also an ex-opera singer so he proceeded to sing for us because one of our couples the woman plays the piano beautifully so she played and he sang and it was a lovely morning it was in october and i said well while 
you're finished singing, it's October, do you get many trick-or-treaters? And he said, well, yes, we do, actually, because this house was kind of off the road, and it was old, and it could be kind of thought of as a little bit scary. He said, we do get trick-or-treaters. I said, oh, well, that's amazing. That's wonderful. I said, do you have any ghosts? Just being funny, because we all ask and tell ghost stories when we're together in the car driving to wherever. And he said, well, actually, we do have a ghost. And I said, really? Tell us. We want to hear. And he said, well, the ghost seems to be one that stops at the room that you slept in last night. I said, what? He said, yes, that's called the sister's room. And it was. It was two big queen-size beds in that room. It was a huge room with a fireplace and a private bath. He said, my wife would be in there cleaning the bathroom sometimes, and she would hear someone come up the steps across the landing, up the steps again, and stop at the room. And she thought it was me, and she'd yell out, Jim, is that you? Jim, I'm right in here. I'm cleaning the bathroom. And then she said she realized there was no one there, and she would go and look, and there was no one there. But yet she distinctly heard prominent footsteps. Well, the hairs on my arm stood straight up because I knew that had just happened to me, not once, not twice, but three times yesterday. And I said, you know what? That's kind of frightening because yesterday while I was sick in bed, I heard that three times. I went to my door looking for someone because I thought someone had come up the steps across the landing and had stopped at the end of the steps in front of our door, but no one was there. I thought it was you. And he said, no, it wasn't me. I wasn't even here yesterday. I was out doing shopping for the evening and the morning meals. I said, so no one was here? And he said, no one was here. I said, well, I heard that distinctly. He said, well, I'll tell you about our ghost. He said, my wife did some research because this really bothered her. It happened so often. We found out that the owners who built this home over 100 years ago had two daughters that stayed and lived, well, it was their bedroom, in the room we call the sister's room. It was two little girls. It was a day when it was kind of raining. Ah, I thought it was kind of raining yesterday. He said there was a fire burning in the fireplace. They were playing with their little toddler brother in their room, just being silly, running around, chasing each other, playing tag. When all of a sudden, one of them pushed the little brother and he accidentally fell into the fireplace. And he screamed horribly and the sisters were screaming for their mother and she came running up the steps, across the landing, up the steps, into the room and grabbed the little boy out and put the fire out, but he died anyway. And the mother was devastated and blamed herself for some reason for his death. They say that they believe that's the mother running up the steps and checking constantly on the girls and the children in the sister's room. But it's heard often, he said, the stink steps, they're there. Maybe it's a residual, I don't know. He said she's never done anything, but we think she's checking on her children constantly through the night, through the day, especially when it rains. Well, I thought, I've had my first experience with the ghost. 
And it was true. And I heard it. And I know those were footsteps. That was not a creaky floor. And I thanked him so much for the story and giving us the background. And I thought to myself, we will not be staying there anymore because I was scared. <laughs> and when we left, we all talked about that for years to come, about, you know, staying behind. And I heard the ghost, my first ghost. And that's really the biggest ghost story I have. And I do think there's something there. I can't explain it. I don't know what it is. I don't. I'm a Christian. I, I don't really try to get caught up in spiritual things that are not, you know, good, but that dwell in evil. But I do know there is good and there is evil, and there's a lot I don't understand. But I'm thankful that ghost didn't have much to do, because when I opened the door, it did feel very cold, but I thought it was just the day. And I wondered, you know, was I standing and looking face to face at this poor woman who lost her son? That's my story. Thank y'all for sharing stories from other people that call in. I find it quite interesting. Have a blessed day and good luck to all of you and what you pursue in the future. Thank you. Well, that was some creepy ass shit. But also, first, I have to say, nine out of ten doctors must be right because real ghost stories online has healed your tinnitus. Holy Jehovah, raise your hands. It's a miracle. This is more amazing than the time Jim Baker put his hands on me and cured me of chlamydia. The gentle hands of Mr. Baker with beautiful Tammy Faye, watching, gently caressed my leg, and I was cured. I then contracted craps because Jim didn't wash his hands. But all in all, it was a fucking miracle. And for you motherfuckers, I've been telling you all the amazing effects of this damn podcast. And you all laugh at me. You all just laugh at me. Real Ghost Stories Online is the cure to tinnitus. Suck it, assholes. Miss you, Jim. Call me. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> tinnitus. <laughs> Didn't quite get that name right. I guess we got to do some phonetical spelling there. Oh, God. That was... <laughs> she was telling the story, and this is what ran through my mind, so I typed it. And I'm sitting here going, oh, she sounds so great. She tells a nice little story. She's, she does such a great job. And then that comes out of it, and I'm just done. Oh. It's a good story. Good storyteller great story and i think it was it sounds like it was residual and I, i'm a little disappointed that she says well we're not coming back you know because mm -hmm. she had a great experience and it doesn't sound like there's nothing there to be afraid of no and it's it's just it's just somebody's energy that's been here and hanging out yeah i i wonder if there's some you know thought process there where she fears that like anything ghostly is evil or bad or something like yeah, that Yeah, probably you know you're taught that in church sometimes yeah. and i'm not ripping on religion no. but you know, there is that you, the only ghost that you're supposed to be like good with is the Holy Ghost and the rest of them you're supposed to stay away from. So what if there's other ones that are really nice? Because there seems to be. I think so. Yeah. But oh uh, my th God, thank you so for fun. sharing that. Yeah. And uh, there we got, uh, you know, Robert. He's still he's still doing stuff. He's still kicking it. And um, I, I think that's a new revelation about Jim Baker that no one's ever heard before. I don't think anybody never, you know, ever really had to hear that. <laughs> that well, that's news none of us needed. We now have that. I should uh, send that on a CD uh, to Jim because uh, he's over in uh, Branson with his, his new church where he's swindling people out of money. That'd just be funny to send it like as a, a veiled like threat from a dead Robert Stack. <laughs> <laughs> 
come clean now or I'm going to out you from the grave. Mm. <laughs> Gosh. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign, uh, sign up at uh, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get access to all of the bonus episodes uh, and uh, so much more. All of it commercial free. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for Todd and all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening. Hey, got a crazy family? Love hearing stories about crazy families? Then you need to check out our brand new podcast called My Crazy Family. Available wherever you get podcasts. Just search My Crazy Family right now. Press subscribe and don't miss any brand new episodes of My Crazy Family. You can even share your stories if you so please. We, we'd love to hear them. My Crazy Family. Search and subscribe wherever you download podcasts.